0: Today's episode of the podcast is all about stress. Who's stressed out there? Raise your hand. Who isn't? Like, nobody's going to put their hand down when I say that. (laughs) My guest is my dear friend, Jeannie Coleman. She is a stress coach and breath work facilitator with over 19 years of teaching experience in the LA public school system. She's a meditation teacher, sound healer, yoga instructor, and functional nutrition guide, which you can see why we're friends. She helps overwhelmed professionals reduce stress in order to own their worth and have guilt-free fun using her stress detox formula. So on today's episode, you'll learn how to move stress in the body, what is connected breathwork versus the traditional pranayama that I teach, and why a spiritual toolbox is so important to reduce stress. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Jeannie, I am really excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome.
1: Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be back with you.
0: So we are in a peer mastermind together. We know each other from Business by Design. We know a lot about each other. My audience knows a little bit about you. You've been on my Facebook Live show before. But I want you here on the podcast, for those that are maybe newer to me or newer to the podcast, to understand a bit about you. Tell us, to start off with, who you are, what you do, those good questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hi. So thank you so much for having me. So hi, everybody. My name is Jeannie. I live in Los Angeles. So I am a breathwork facilitator, aka the breathwork boss, and I'm a stress coach. And it's been my own journey from stress and chaos and having a job I didn't like or love or feel aligned with into this journey. And so, yeah, so I help men and women who are feeling overwhelmed. A lot of people come to me when they can relate to, ooh, I'm in a job. It's not super fulfilling anymore. And there's stress, and maybe there's stress at home. And also a lot of people who are maybe working with a chronic illness or just feeling the malaise of stress and unwellness in their body and wanting to feel energized and vibrant and happy again.
0: You know, so many of us can relate to this idea of being overwhelmed and stressed. Like we live in that state of being so many of us and you and I have so much in common. We're both meditation teachers. We're both yoga teachers. We both teach breath work, although very differently. And we'll talk about that in a second. We're both Reiki practitioners. I mean, so much of it is because of our life experience, right, that brought us here. So let's back up a bit and talk about your journey. You said so much of this came from my own stress and my own overwhelm. So back us up and tell me what was your career before this one?
1: Yeah, so it's quite a shift. It's been a journey, as you've seen me, with this, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm used to being an employee. So I was an employee my whole life. I was a school teacher. So at 23 years old, I became a school teacher in LA Unified Public Schools and I taught Spanish. I had lived abroad in college. I learned Spanish. I'm this little white Jewish girl from the valley, which is just really funny because people, I remember I went to my high school reunion, Nick, and like, wait, you teach Spanish? Wait, what? <laughs> So, yeah, I lived abroad in Spain, and I came back, and this was when the economy was booming when I graduated, and you could just start with teaching, and I really loved it. It was really in alignment. It was easy. I mean, it wasn't easy being really young and also looking young and being in charge of so many students, but it was just felt good, and I enjoyed it, and I was having fun, and I felt fulfilled. But I stayed in this career for a very long time. It wasn't feeling fun anymore. I was teaching Spanish one, two, and three, and ninth graders can be a little bit unruly. And after a while, teaching AR verbs, anybody knows about Spanish and the alphabet, 16, 17, 18, 19 years in, it can take a toll. So yeah, it was every day. You know, it's the corporate life, or the the corporate life I say is nine to five, and then my lifestyle was like 7:30 to 3:30 <laughs> as teaching, and I had the holidays and stuff. But I started feeling really unwell and sick around age 26, and nothing really happened. I was buying a condo at that time, and right? Like I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. I was having chronic pain. I was having digestive issues. I started having really bad back pain at age 30, things that weren't getting, you know, answered. This was contributing to more anxiety. And then I was having insomnia, just this big, big cycle. And I was in it for a very long time with the health so badly that I took time off from work. I had to go on. It's different than disability, but basically disability from work, it's like leave, I guess, leave of absence when you're not doing well. And it was like this cycle, Nick, of of doing well and then just going, it's like the ups and downs, right? I'd be great for a couple months, no symptoms, and I just back down. It was this up and down, really was taking a toll on my emotional and mental health. And this is kind of the invisible illness people haven't really talked about, right? Like you look good from the outside or People are telling me, oh, wow, Jean, you look great. You lost weight. Well, I lost weight because I wasn't eating as much because I was so sad and couldn't stand, literally, because I was in so much pain. So, yeah, I'm not cooking and enjoying things. So, yeah, and just pushed. It's like push is like the word coming up right now. It's push at work, right? I was spending a lot of time at school, and then as soon as the school day was over, it's running around to so many different doctors, practitioners, treatments. You know, I've had everything, acupuncture, the Chinese medicine, the IV therapy, you know, all the things.
0: So what was it that you were diagnosed with?
1: Yeah, so I was diagnosed like only maybe six years ago with fibromyalgia, but it really felt, and I don't think people could understand, it really took a toll on me. And I've heard from so many other people, getting a diagnosis feels good.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I obviously know a lot about fibromyalgia and that I've that I'm directing a documentary about it. So I have, and my mother has fibromyalgia, so I certainly have learned along the way what this means to people and sort of why it takes so long to get the diagnosis. And it's very ironic that we're talking about this today because today, as of the day that we're actually um, recording this, is Fibromyalgia Awareness Day. How cool is
1: that? Amazing. Yeah.
0: So you get this diagnosis that you have this chronic pain syndrome and for most people what they're told at least this is what I've learned over in the making of the film is that they're told here are some drugs good luck what did you do with like that knowledge (laughs) like that like like what are you going to do now kind of
1: thing I just I felt like I just pushed it down I mean I was seeing a therapist and I would talk about what was happening and I was just in this cycle of kind of a victim I felt like because I I can, I mean, I cry and I would talk about it, but I wasn't doing anything. I didn't feel like I was ever moving forward. And yes, to your point, exactly. Going to a doctor and I was saying that I was struggling with sleep. And basically the, the number one, you know, fibromyalgia doctor in LA is just telling me, oh, well, you have FM, which is the abbreviation. Insomnia is one of its symptoms. So get used to it, basically. I mean, that oh, you have insomnia? Like, that's what it is. And that is so disempowering. So I really feel like my whole practice, everything I do and teach is about empowerment and getting out of the victim role. And ooh, yeah, it was, it was a very big struggle. So many people didn't know what I was going through, which is great. Maybe I was able to push it down or I didn't let people see. But then now is this whole transition into coaching is my whole thing is being seen, right? And sharing and sharing my truth.
0: So what was the moment for you when you were like, okay, this is no longer working for me. I have to leave school. Like I have to leave teaching and start doing something else.
1: This is so funny. It's probably one of those things that are so obvious to other people, but I knew I wanted to be a coach for a long time. So I had all these excuses why I couldn't leave. Teaching is a very safe job because it's got health benefits and retirement. I had tenure and all the things, right? So It does make sense that I'd be scared to leave because as a sick individual, this is really helping me do all the things, right? So I remember I was at the chiropractor's appointment, and he really, really helped me. I had a great chiropractor, and I was feeling good. It was feeling stronger in my body, and I remember telling him this aha moment. I said, oh, my doctor told me that because I'm small, I have a small frame, that I have weak muscles. Because I have weak muscles, I'm going to have pain, Linking the fibromyalgia to being small, small muscles. And I believed it, Nick. That's the crazy thing. Like, we're thinking, this. well, why would you believe? Because he's got the white coat. And he's yeah. this older man. And he knows. Yeah. And I remember just this aha moment with the chiropractor. Like, oh, my God. I can take care of myself. Like, the chiropractor wasn't fixing me. We were just... It was really about me being stronger in my body, and he was the first person who told me about breathing properly, with breathing from the belly. I had no idea about, oh, there's a way to breathe and the breath, which I know we'll get into. That really shifted with, oh, me being in my power, and he didn't really believe so much with, like, the FM diagnosis, right? Like, a lot of synchronicity came into my life. I started reading about Dr. John Sarno, the mind-body syndrome. Have you heard of that before?
0: I haven't. I don't know his book.
1: Yeah, Dr. John Sarno and basically he's talking about in the brain uh the pain is actually in the brain and we're not dismissing yeah. that there's it's complete real. Yes. But just like someone who loses an arm and they're still having that phantom limb syndrome, they're still having pain and so like my body and my processing was more in the brain. TMS healing it's like this great way to move forward and this came at my time when I was ready. And so to go back to your original question, so the chiropractor getting me in my power, TMS healing really helped me learning to reduce my anxiety and my stress. All these things, you know, came to play. And so going back to the coaching question, I always knew or wanted to be a life coach. And then I had this, oh, wait, I should be a health coach. This is kind of what I'm so passionate about. Right. So I did start as a health coach, and I was really into nutrition, then learning little and little and more about this mind-body connection through TMS and then stress. And I just was hooked and so passionate about we got to reduce the stress in people's bodies. No matter what you eat, if you're in fight or flight, it's going to affect the body and the body-mind connection and breath work. Fell in love with breath work. Ironically, hey, what does breath work do? It reduces stress. Like, who would have thunk, right? Like, it all came together and just synchronicity and and meant to be.
0: Yeah. You know, the breath work is my jam, too. Although it's interesting because we both do breath work for similar reasons, to take the body out of fight or flight, Mm -hmm. from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic nervous system, right, to slow us down. And yet we both do very different forms of it. The form in which that I teach is a traditional Hatha yoga-based pranayama. That's slightly different than the breath work that you teach. So can you talk to me about the breath work that you teach, where you learned it, and how you use it?
1: Sure. So I did this training recently, and I kind of said, so me and my style of coaching and the way I teach breathwork, I say, well, imagine that Tony Robbins and Brene Brown had a baby and then that's me teaching you breathwork (laughs) because I'm going to super push you, right, and motivate you in a breathwork class. You're going to get that push, that motivation, the inspiration, but then I'm going to hold space and really hopefully keep you in this safe container. So Brene Brown's, you know very much about you being safe in this process. So the breath work that I teach, like you said, it's it's very similar and, you know, we'll go into differences, but it's a three part breath that I teach when people take my classes or they do individual, they're lying down, not sitting up generally with their eyes closed and we're playing music. It's a circular conscious breath. It's connective conscious breathing. I mean, there's so many different names, but the most general is connected conscious breathing. It's a three-part breath. So in my class, typically the active breathing part is about 27, 28 minutes with music. And it's not classical music in my class, although every teacher has their own style. I've got more of a let's get you in the inspired state and flow So I'll hit you with some really empowering songs, and then also maybe a couple, maybe a little landslide I'll throw in there just for a couple tears and to have an experience. We end with some heart openers and some heart activations, and it's just a detox. It is a complete mental, physical, and emotional detox. And aside from just the breathing in terms of stress release, what we're doing is we're processing and releasing emotions. And holding space for our emotions and it's just what we need especially in this time.
0: It's so it's well first of all I want to say I have taken your class as you, in person you know, which is even person, better which is it is amazing pre covid obviously and it was such a beautiful you hold the space so beautifully it was such a powerful experience it was a transformational experience and I think that's really we go into the differences of what what you teach versus what I teach. I think they're actually incredibly complementary. Mm-hmm. Your your class was very much this transformational experience for me. This um, letting go, a shedding of emotion, of of trauma, uh, and trauma, big and small, mm-hmm. right? Little hurts, many hurts, and it was a very powerful and yet, as you said, empowering experience. The pranayama that I teach is a daily practice that is similar to meditation. And oftentimes, in fact, takes you into a state of meditation so that you can sit in meditation for a longer period of time for those who can't. It is a transformational experience over time. Yes. Over time. It's a slower process and is used more on a daily moment to moment basis. I guess that's probably the best way that Mm -hmm. I would describe. Would you agree with that? Or do you have something to add to that?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's good. I was just talking with a friend of mine and we were saying that the pranayama, more traditional, it's more subtle, right? Yes. Yes. In one session. So people after one class with me will say these are the most beautiful things. Oh, my God, it was amazing. And like you said, transformation, the word that came up to me, too, is cathartic, right? It's such a cathartic yeah. healing process. And so all these things that we said, same thing for meditation. But I think it's a little bit more subtle, to your point, over time, right? So... Some people who like me, if you're like me and you have a monkey mind or <laughs> it's hard to stay still, you're like, cool, someone else is going to kind of take over. Or if you do it on your own, you're listening to music. So it could be a great alternative for people who struggled with the traditional meditation mm-hmm. and are looking for a different, like you said, a complimentary style or, yeah, just to add to what they're already doing. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. A complimentary experience, I would say.
1: Yes, it yeah. is experience
0: and how did you find this kind of breath work now it's it certainly has gained a lot of popularity in the last five years or so, uh-huh. even the last three years, really. Part of that is that there have been this a, a huge amount of scientific research on breath work that had never been before, even though it's a five thousand <laughs> year old practice, right Science is now catching up with what we yogis already knew. Mm-hmm. But where did you where did you study, or how did you learn this?
1: Yes, yeah, so so interesting. So I live in Los Angeles, so I got to say that here we're kind of trendy, right? We think <laughs> things here, we kind of, I don't know, Santa Monica is like the epitome of all things. How many crystal stores, and you know, are in Santa Monica, right? So I think if it's yeah. happening here, it's going to happen in other places. So I had heard about it. First class I took, Nick, it was sound healing and breath work but there was over 100 people in the class and I'm gonna be honest I didn't love it yeah I was laying down next to my boyfriend at the time which now if you know me I'm like don't lay next to anyone you know this is your experience yeah and the reason I say that it was true it was oh wait is he crying is he he was checking in on me Mm -hmm. and also it didn't feel really intimate it was I don't know. I didn't have the most amazing experience. But the good thing is that I continued. And my sister was actually teaching breath work. She had taken, because she lives in Santa, well, not because, but she does live in Santa Monica. And she was taking classes and then she did her certification. And so then I went to the second class I went to, I think was with her mentor, who became my mentor. And then she did a few classes and I went to support her. And wow, it was so helpful for me. So one of the beautiful things with meditation, with breath work, is we actually turn off the inner critic. Yeah. We turn off the ego. Yep. And haven't you heard all the time as an entrepreneur, like, what would you do if fear wasn't stopping you? Well, there's no magic pill, but the pranayama and the breath work that we do (laughs) is kind of- helpful. Yeah, it's really, I mean, if there was a magic pill, we'd be selling it. But here's like the next best thing, because this is how you feel after a class.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that's how I started to gain the confidence to leave my job because I was so scared.
0: And the interesting thing is, is that when you gain that confidence, you then were able to leave your job and then go teach full time, both breath work and being the coach that you always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about that to me now is now you can be vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Just take a breath on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: because it's authentic and it's with, with the people in that you want to attract, mm-hmm. right. That you want to hear your message because nobody wants a coach who isn't real, who isn't like honest about where they are and what's going on in their life. And here you are on this podcast now being oh, super mm-hmm. honest about your life and how powerful mm-hmm. that is. That's mm-hmm. so powerful.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I rem- Thank you so much. I'm just going to receive that. And I remember I was on my first radio show and before we went live, he said, okay, I'm just going to ask you how you're feeling. And I said, great. Okay. So we started the episode. We went live and he asked her how I was feeling and I was honest. And I said, yeah, I'm actually feeling a little sad today. He goes, wow, we've had all these guys. No one's ever said anything besides great, happy. Wow. And it was just like this take a moment, take a breath, right? It's it's honoring how we are and not getting stuck in it, though. That's the thing. So with clients, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Let's honor it? Let's feel it. You know, feelings are for feeling, and then we can move forward. I mean, you and I could talk about this toxic positivity. I didn't even know this was a thing, Nick, until two years ago. Oh, this thing that I've been like screaming from rooftops now there's like a name for it, this good vibe crap that I've been so anti yeah,
0: and you know that I am, so <laughs>
1: it's a thing like it's actually
0: it's a big thing.
1: I had no clue. I mean.
0: Uh, For years and years and years, I've been saying, and some people in my audience know this, like, I'm like, there's no shitting rainbows and unicorns, right? It's not all love and light all the time. Like, let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. And, And toxic positivity is harmful.
1: Yeah. And I was listening to this podcast and what they said about it is it's forced and it's false
0: yeah exactly forced and false mhm it's It's a desperate attempt to be in a different state of being, and one of the things that going at, bringing it back to the breath work the breathwork really does for you is get you out of your head into your heart and into a new state of being naturally rather than trying to pretend or force yourself there in a false way. That's why it's a great tool because it's about we all know that our life is state dependent. How you feel shifts everything, but it's about having to get real about how you're feeling and not bypassing the spiritual bypassing thing of pretending like it's good. So I'm going to pretend my way into it being good. It doesn't work. That's right. It doesn't work. people. It's, it doesn't work.
1: That's right. Oh, and then pro- you've probably heard this one too, right? About, well, if I feel sad, then I'm going to manifest more sad. <laughs> have you heard that? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. I have definitely heard that one.
1: So ironically, people who, oh, and I've I've said this too, and I've really worked my way out of it of of unlearning this, I'm too busy, or I don't have time, that was running my life for a long time. And that, wow, one podcast listening to that shifted. But yeah, it's moving through us. It's realizing that emotions are in the body. So if we say we don't have time, or we're too busy, but actually taking that time for yourself, you're going to be so much more productive, because- you being such a creative person and entrepreneur, right? Like you can get so much done when you're not burdened by stress and anxiety. So it's ironically, I know these practices, which you and I are like, preach, preach, girlfriend, preach, right? We're (laughs) shouting it from the rooftops we hear people, I don't have time. I don't have money, right? Oh my gosh, me too. And that's why we need it because you're not going to be able to write that email when you're stressed and you're in a funk and we're all in funks and we all have ups and downs and life. And this is, we're humans. We're going to have emotions. A big thing for me too, especially lately is like diving more deeper into the nervous system and the wisdom of the body. Wow. Yeah. Emotions, trauma. You were saying like big T trauma, little T trauma. It's in the body. You guys, it's in the body.
0: Yeah. It's completely stored there.
1: So just talking about stuff, that's one way to help move the stress, you know, complete the stress cycle response. And that's helpful. And.
0: (laughs) Yes, and.
1: Through the breath, through physical movement, through, you know, laughter, there's creative expression. There's not only one way. I always say the best way is the one that you actually do.
0: Yeah. The one that you do, the one that resonates for you. The one that you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. The, you know, what we call the gruntus or the psychic knots. And there are these knots that, you know, where energy is stored in the body. And it's about dissipating those psychic knots. And the way to do that, you can talk. Yes, as you were saying, you can talk. But embodiment is what makes the shift more palpable and at a rate that is, I wouldn't say faster, but uh, it certainly provides some ease some ease in the process. Mm -hmm. I say talk. Yes, talk therapy. Yes, do it. Yes. I say, yes, take yoga. Yes, do it. I say, yes, practice pranayama. I say, yes, do your breathwork class. You know why? Do a little bit, get a little bit. Do a lot of bit, get a lot of bit.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes action. And something that came up too, just to going back to the kind of work that you and I do, it really does come back to empowerment again, right? Because Mm -hmm. of course- You can work with us, and you teach classes, and, you know, we coaching. But at the end of the day, it's you and your breath. It's you on the yoga mat. And the fact that there's a practice, there's a tool, because I couldn't always go to the chiropractor when I needed him. And I was actually reflecting, Nick, on this year because of the shutdown, you know, doctors, especially in the beginning. I mean, if you had seen my calendar from three years ago, it was maybe four appointments a week easily doctor's appointments or alternative therapy or treatment. And then the stress of the money that was being put out and the running around and in traffic in LA and going to the West side and all that stuff versus I just do the kind of normal routine doctor's appointments now. And I used to stress my back was hurting a little bit because I didn't know what to do. I was really, my power was given over to other people. And so taking back your power, having these practices that you can do breath work, anywhere by yourself
0: because it's a toolbox yep. when you have the toolbox and some days I need one more than another now I'm a big fan of a sadhana. as you all know I love having my daily practice it really sets me up it's super important to me but yes and
1: <laughs> but yes I love and. the and and yes
0: and some days I, I need to go to your breathwork class to release that energy Right. It's an energy release for me. Or maybe I need to go draw and paint. And that's my practice. But having the toolbox provides you with alternatives that you don't necessarily need a doctor for, ultimately, which I'm now not saying don't go to the doctor. Do not. That's not (laughs) what I'm saying at all. Right. But what I'm saying is this toolbox, having this toolbox can really help you empower yourself to your greatness, whatever Mm -hmm. that is for you whether that's coming out of sickness to health or whether that's transitioning in your business or whatever, whatever it is for you.
1: Yeah. And I think because a lot of people who are listening, I'm sure entrepreneurs, the solopreneur, there's something really beautiful about allowing others to hold space for us, right? And releasing the control. And you and I have talked about that entrepreneurs, we need coaches and we need the self-care and It's this beautiful practice. I was holding space. I just did my first in-person breathwork, Nick, after a year plus of not doing in-person. And I was holding space for three breathwork instructors. Love it. So it was my first time back, and uh, I was, oh, okay. uh, But you just jumped back in, and it was so exciting. And yes, yes, and yes, like you said, it's beautiful. I love when I take a breathwork class, and I just get to receive, and someone else is holding space. It's beautiful.
0: And there's always more to learn. You know, that's part of it too. I think that we are an ever evolving human. So, therefore, as we evolve, more and more opens for us. It's like this onion, I, I like to say, or, you know, they say a lotus flower, right? <laughs> but I like to say an onion and that I constantly am peeling back these layers. And there's another layer underneath that's so interesting and juicy. Yes, sometimes it makes me cry. Sometimes I cry, like, like you know, the onion makes you cry. But at the end of the day, there's this sweetness and this juiciness to an onion. And it's the same with my own education and experiences. So I, every coach needs a coach. Every teacher needs a teacher. It is a constant evolution of who you are so that you can then go and serve your audience even better and greater. I'm constantly learning so that I can bring more to you all here on the podcast, right? Uh, which is one of the reasons I love having a podcast. I get to learn so much.
1: Oh, gosh. It's so amazing and reach so many people too and help. Yes, inspire. It's all about telling stories.
0: All about telling stories. Truly yeah. is. So I thank you for being here today. Any final thoughts for us about empowering yourself, breathwork, anything we've talked about?
1: We've been on a journey together. We've known each other a little over a year, year and a half probably now.
0: I think it's over two now.
1: Over two years. Oh my God. Okay. So I heard yesterday someone said. Because of COVID time, I think you got confused. No, 2020 <laughs> doesn't count because. Okay. It's like 2020 COVID years. Yes, yeah, because it was before COVID. Okay. So yes, it's after COVID. And I've even just getting emotional about you've seen where I was, where I am now, yeah. my growth with.
0: Massive growth I've seen in you.
1: Ooh. Yeah, and it's about being seen. It's about feeling that knowing in my—it's not thinking I can help people or cognitively like what's my story. It's like knowing in my body what we talked about—the embodiment, like knowing the truth that this little introvert that if I can help people, who was so like terrified to be on camera, terrified to use my voice to be seen, never did and never thought about any of this. I know people say like if I can do it, you can do it, but Really, truly, it is the journey. You know, I've heard people say the pot of gold isn't at the end of the rainbow. The pot of gold is the rainbow. Mm -hmm. And all the things that I've learned and the people that I have met and truly, truly, when you're ready, the teacher will appear. The tool will appear.
0: And I think you've really leaned into your story. Mm -hmm. You've really leaned into your truth. And that, I think, has been so beautiful for me to witness and has opened so much up for you. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you sharing it today. Thank you. You have an uh, an offer for for anybody that's listening. I have an irresistible offer
1: for anyone who is listening. Yes, an irresistible (laughs) offer.
0: A special deal just for the, the podcast listeners. Can you tell us about it?
1: Yes, sure. So I teach live classes about three every month so i am giving you an amazing promo code to get half off of my next breathwork class so a class is 24 so get half off for that and the promo code we need a drum roll nick <laughs> <laughs> is <laughs> the nick demos, and you can just put it as one word and we'll link that all up in and have a free. Yeah,
0: we'll make sure it's in the show notes and everything. But Theenik Demas, it'll be in the show notes. A little promo code, you'll just click right on it and you can take one of her amazing classes. I can't wait to return to one of your classes now oh. that COVID is, you know, and I have to come down to LA now that I live in San Francisco. Oh,
1: I guess I just I'm, forgot I'm that. I was like, yes, you can come. Oh, wait, you're far now.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: All right, thank you
0: so much for being yeah. here. I, I adore you. You know oh. I do. And I can't wait to see where the next couple of years takes you.
1: I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to connecting with everybody. Thanks, Nick. If you enjoyed
0: today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. They are so important with Apple. It helps the algorithm get the word out. So all of this juicy, juicy stuff that you just heard from Jeannie can be shared with many more people. And DM Jeannie and I What is a good takeaway from today's episode? She'd love to hear from you, and you know I do. And I respond to every single one of you. I appreciate you all so very, very much. Have a great day.